We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. How, how would you evaluate your season? Uh, I think we ain't done yet. You, but you personally? I think we ain't done yet. You know, Marcus, I don't know about that one today. How we doing? Welcome to another episode of... The Butting Heads Podcast on Ramstalk Radio. First podcast of the regular season. Not not the best way to start the year. Uh, the Rams were just blown out by the Buffalo Bills 31-10 on opening night. I'm Sierra Barrow here as always with Johnny Gomez. Uh, Johnny, I don't normally drink during the pod, but I am going to have a beer during this podcast because I need to relax. Yeah, I, I need to find a tequila bottle somewhere. Um, usually when I reach for a tequila bottle with the Rams lately, it's to celebrate. Um, but, damn, I need to drown my sours. My, oh, man, I can't even talk right now. I, I need to drown my sorrows somehow. So, I, I first of all, for anyone who didn't listen to us for the last six Eight months after the season. Welcome back. For those who have listened to us for the last six, eight months, appreciate y'all. Um, I just want to preface this pod with it's one game. We played probably the best team in the NFL. If you've been listening to our podcast, we have cautioned this game because the Bills are really fucking good. And clearly the takeaway after this game is that the Bills are really fucking good. So... The sky is not falling. Might be a little cloudy. Talk about a lot of stuff on this podcast. But uh, it's going to take a few weeks to really see what this team is made of. Uh, if they lose next week, scratch all that. The sky is 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 cratering. Um, but the Bills are good. Okay, I mean, clearly, I think the biggest takeaway from this game is that the Bills are really fucking good. And it was warranted, clearly, that they were favored in this game. And it's warranted that they are the favorites to win the Super Bowl because as expected by most of us, this is a extremely good football team that just whooped our ass. 
<laughs> That's putting it lightly. Yes, they did. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad it ended up being a blowout because it, it was through three quarters. It was seventeen to ten, which was like silly. Like we got we got abused this game. I can't believe it was tied at halftime. Yeah, there was there was no point in this game where I'm like, okay, the Rams are back in this game. Uh, they're they're gonna they're gonna win. They're gonna overtake the game. Even when they was tied, it it felt like the Rams didn't deserve to be tied. Like they just, it was upsetting to see that really because they at no point in this game did did they look like they had control over anything really. No, the Rams forced some turnovers. Uh, I would guess that we scored what zero points off turnovers in this game. Um, that might not be true. I- I'm going to look because, like, so many times in the first half we'd force a turnover and just not do anything with it. Okay, so it looks like we scored three points off turnovers in a game we where go. we forced four turnovers, right? Yeah. So, like, like that's fucking insane. I'm going to uh, – the the Bills, because we also turned the ball over a good amount, they scored – Um. 10 points off turnover, so not much better than us. Um, so 31 to 10, I, like, like I don't know where to start. Um, there's obviously a lot to talk about. We could go through the box score. We'll go through the play-by-play. Um, I, I guess we should probably just go through the, the, the game and the stats and talk through everything. I mean, it's just <laughs> like, where do you want to start? This was, this was a fucking nightmare. Uh, if the Rams did not look good. There were a couple players on the team that looked good. Most of them didn't. It, it Again, it's one game. I, but I will say, Johnny, we're going to get to all this stuff. There are some parts of the team that I will say it's one game. We'll see what they do next week. There are other pr- parts of the team where I'm very concerned after this. So, actually, I, I've, I'm kind of curious, Steve. You said there was a couple of players that were good. I can only really point out one. Yeah, Cooper Cup was great, as always. <laughs> yeah, that's who I thought. I... Everyone else, I'm like, was, eh? Maybe or I'm they wrong. just sucked. Maybe I'm wrong because, I mean, Devin Singletary averaged six yards a carry. But I feel like the li- the inside linebackers played solid. Yeah, I'll give you that one. Bobby Wagner wasn't bad. Ernest Jones was pretty much all over the field. In all things Uh, considered, I think Daryl Henderson had a good game. Could have been better, but considering how bad the offensive line was, I think he did his thing. And I will say this, Johnny. I feel like Ben Skoranek was okay. I there are a lot of people I'm going to blame for this blowout, and he's not on my list. And usually I am ready to pinpoint every single fucking mistake that guy made he did have the um the false start but for what he was asked to do in this game i think he did it yeah i'm not saying play him more but like <laughs> usually if you've listened to this podcast for a long time we come out and blame spence chronic for everything that went wrong and i think he like, you could argue he was one of our five best players in this game. That says a lot, doesn't it? God damn it, man. Uh, all right, let's start. We're just Let's just go through everything because we're going to hit all our topics as we go through this. Um, 
the Bills had 413 total offensive yards compared to 243 from the Rams. They averaged 7.1 yards per play. We averaged 3.7. They had 292 yards through the air. We had 191. They had 121 grounds and 121 yards on the ground. We had 52. Uh, they had five penalties for 35 yards. We had four for 30. So penalties, not to blame in this game. Turnovers, we lost the turnover battle. Um... And lost by 21 points, which is just, just just fucking crazy. Two fumbles lost for the Bills. Two interceptions thrown by the Bills. We threw three interceptions on our end. Uh, the time of possession, we only trailed time of possession by three minutes. So, like, I just... The team stats, I mean, outside of, like, offensive yards, which I guess is a big stat, are not that lopsided in Buffalo's favor. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the team as a whole, I mean, you if you look at it from a team perspective, it just was not there at all. And like you said, maybe I didn't give as much credit out there as I should have. Um, but surely one of the only players that looked good was Cooper Cup. But from a team perspective, there really wasn't an, out, uh, an area of this team that performed well. Uh Maybe kicker. Oh, yeah. We How could we not give Matt Gay his flowers? Oh, hell yeah, man. Just casually making a 57-yard field goal and making it look easy. And I think I saw on Twitter uh, our friend of the show, Sosa, was like, I don't know why Sean McVay would run the clock out there. It's a long field goal. And it's like, well, we might have gotten sacked and not been in psychopath field goal range. And so I trust Matt Gay more to make a 57-yard field goal than I – trusted our offensive line in this game to not get sacked but let's head to the 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 player stats so we can break down everybody we'll start at the top with Matthew Stafford 29 for 41 240 yards average 5.9 yards uh per pass one touchdown three interception sacked seven times I believe I heard this on the broadcast this is the most sacks a team has taken under Sean McVay uh, 63 passer rating. Start with Stafford himself and then go to the offensive line because uh, I think it's one and the same here. Uh, one of the worst Stafford performances, I think, of his tenure here. And I'm like, like I, I need to see a couple games of him before making a claim on his uh, elbow. But certainly more concerned about it today than I was yesterday and a big part of the 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 recipe for success last year was deep balls and taking shots and my memory serves me correctly I think we really threw two deep balls one of them was to in double coverage to Ben Skoranek and the other was the the one-on-one shot to Allen Robinson with like two minutes left so I am a little concerned. I'm not ready to say a lot concerned yet, but I don't feel great after this. I wouldn't say my concern lies with Matthew Stafford. Uh, don't get me wrong. Matthew Stafford had a horrible game. That's kind of putting it mildly also. But I, the way I see it was Matthew Stafford really didn't have any 
type of protection whatsoever. And while he didn't make the best judgments out there, there were a couple of those interceptions that weren't necessarily his fault. Um, but then again, there was a couple where I'm like, what the hell were you thinking? But yeah, the, <laughs> the overall consensus for me isn't necessarily my concern for Stafford. It's more on the offensive line. And um, yeah, you're right. It, it's still a concern with the injury of sorts, but um, I, I think if we're still seeing like these types of issues against, you know, much worse teams than the Bills, then yeah, I I think then you can start, you know, panicking a little bit. And, and you know, we watched Stafford for a whole year. He'll occasionally just look like shit and make dumb decisions and make bad throws. And it's entirely possible that's just what happened in this game because, like I said, he had no time. Uh, the line was horrible. And so we'll see. But the fact that we know he's dealing with an injury just adds a little more concern for me personally. I am I want to see him play next week. And if we carve up Atlanta, I will be less concerned about him specifically. If we carve up Atlanta, I'm still concerned about the offensive line because that means nothing to me. Um, <laughs> but for him, because of how rough it looked in this game, and we have the injury concerns, I need to see him dice up a bad secondary to feel better about myself. I... If the offensive line crushes Atlanta, I don't care. They need to play good against a good defense because while it is one game, and like we said, the Bills are good, uh, this is a team that just won the Super Bowl last year, and our expectations are not to be good. Uh, They are to play deep into January, potentially February again, and win a Super Bowl. And if they keep looking like this, that's not going to happen. And... We came into this game, we were optimistic about Joe Nopum as left tackle. He looked fucking terrible. Uh, David Edwards next to him at left guard on that line, he looked terrible. I don't really know who else looked terrible, but the left side is supposed to be the the strong side of your offensive line. It's been for us for a long time, and they got abused. I mean, we're not going to be playing Von Miller every week, but uh, it's it's not good. It is certainly not good to come out of this game with the offensive line playing like that. Yeah, I I won't I won't give up hope on the offensive line just yet. Not to say that I expected this offensive line to be like an upper echelon offensive line in the NFL because we knew there was going to be some growing pains along the way. That being said, um I I will kind of give them the benefit of the doubt and you know, it wasn't just Von Miller out there uh, you know, causing havoc, you know, the, the Bills defensive front in general was good before Von Miller came there. And then you add him there and it's almost unfair. Like that this, uh, this defensive front is, is clearly the best in the NFL, I think. And um, so I will give them credit there that um, I don't really expect them to, you know, fold this, badly against you know different uh defensive fronts like if if they if they're still you know getting pushed backwards against the falcons then we have a huge concern but um overall i think that it it could be better just against different teams but 
of course, in the Rams' case, you know, as a Super Bowl winning team, you want them to repeat. You don't want them to be like, oh, yeah, we made the playoffs, we're good. No, the, the idea is to repeat. And, you know, obviously, to get to win another Super Bowl, chances are they're going to probably have to play against the Bills with the way they're playing. Yeah, they're going to have to play against good teams. You know, we're not going to Atlanta every week. And so Bummer. you're not you're not to go through Tampa Bay. You're gonna have to go through Philly. You're gonna have to go through San Francisco, probably. A lot of good teams in this conference. And so um, Green Bay. I, I just feel like I was missing somebody. Uh, but yeah, it's it's very concerning. And I mentioned on the pod last week. You know, it's not outside of the realm of possibility that the line is just trash this year. And they started out trash. We will give them a few games. We will see how it goes, but let's say um, we we play Atlanta and then we play Arizona, San Francisco, Dallas. If they look bad after Dallas, we need to trade for somebody because we've already pushed all our chips in the table. What's another? Like give up picks, get an offensive lineman if you need to. Give Andrew Whitworth $20 million to, to come back and play at, at 55 years old. Like we'll see. But uh, this is about as bad of a start to the post-Andrew Whitworth era we could have asked for. I would give anything to have Whitworth back on the roster. Yeah, it, we'll, we'll give it a couple weeks. We'll see what happens. Not great. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Speaking of not great, uh, and this is also on the offensive line, the running game, we ran for 52 yards. Uh, Daryl Henderson, 13 carries for 47 yards. He had a long at 18, so you take that away. He had 12 carries for 29 yards, which is not good. But I will say, given what was presented in front of him, I actually thought he looked fine. Uh, we'll talk about the other guy in a sec, but... Um, I guess we got to talk about these guys together. So, rumors around camp were it was going to be a 1A, 1B scenario with Daryl Henderson, Cam Akers. It was a 1 and 2 scenario. Daryl Henderson started the game. Cam Akers is the backup. Cam Akers gets three carries for zero yards. Um, On those carries, he looked horrible. You know, some of the times he was just getting stopped in the backfield. And, yeah, you know, there were none of those carries. He had a lot of room. But I just remember his first carry of the game because we had a microscope on when this guy was going to come in. 
Uh, he looked worse than like the last carry of Todd Gurley's career. Uh, he lo- he got the ball and like walked. Just like I will say, you know, because Daryl Henderson looked pretty good. I'm not going to sit here and say the running game is toast, uh, depending on what the offensive line could do, because everything's going to start and end with them, especially for this unit, because there's clearly after one game, we don't have a elite running back. But uh, Akers did not look good. And the fact that he got out carried 13 to three tells me that, you know, he, he might be banged up. I'm sure it'll correct a little bit after this game, but it doesn't seem like the coaches think he's good either. Yeah, it's, it's definitely not a good sign when the guy that you expect to be the main starter doesn't start. And not only does he not start, but he gets minimal touches and the the few touches he gets just looks god-awful. So I don't know what exactly happened with Akers, but clearly something's not okay with him. And uh, I, I don't know if it's an injury or um, if it's just something he has to, you know, deal with after his previous injuries. But that's, that's not a good sign. If, if it continues, I'm kind of with you, Steve. I, I think we got to trade for somebody because there's no way the Rams are going to go anywhere if they have to rely on the passing offense only. And even then, like, you're relying on the passing offense with clearly a downgraded offensive line. So, yeah, unless Cam Akers is able to, you know, come back, you know, with a vengeance, the Rams may not have a choice but to trade for a running back. And, yeah, it's – well, I think if the offensive line can get it fucking together, this running back unit will be okay because Daryl Henderson looked okay. And when he was called upon last year, he was okay. And he kind of split time with Sonny Michelle. And, like, it's not like Sonny Michelle was lighting the world on fire. Ideally, Cam Akers can be as good as Sonny Michelle last year. We have no indication that he could do that right now. After this game, no, there's no confidence there. Uh, with us watching it, or with the staff who was deciding who should be getting these snaps, uh, I haven't don't we don't have the snap counts yet. I'm sure it was ridiculously lopsided in Henderson's favor. I would correct me wrong. I feel like it was probably like ninety ten. Uh, just clearly had their guy. Clearly went with him. Maybe Acres isn't a hundred percent from the injury he's dealing with in camp, or maybe that Achilles tear did him in. Unfortunately, as a as a prolific runner because he did play in the playoffs last year but he didn't do that great he looked better in the playoffs than he did today so that's like the one thing that maybe we'll see you know next week hopefully we will have a chance to give both of these guys just some carries and see what they can do against a bad Atlanta team but I don't know man yeah I think if the line stays bad first priority should be trade for Lyman second priority should be trade for a running back that can make chicken shit into a chicken sandwich because these guys can't and I blame the line more than I blame them well we'll see with acres but at least for the running game as a whole because Henderson didn't look that bad I the line needs to be better 
and running and passing, you know, this was completely unacceptable. It's one game. It's a it's a new unit to an extent. It's going to take a little time to gel, but I mean, man, this is tough. This is a tough start. Do you think um, Whitworth will accept bet minimum? <laughs> no, but <laughs> I'm not counting it out that he will play this year because they might uh. beg him. I, I might beg him, man. I, I might I might head over to to uh you know the press box and be like, Wit, please, please. <laughs> you 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 saw what happened against the Bills, right? I, I know you did. I we need you out there, man. It, it it just it can't happen again. Yeah, man. We'll see. We'll see. Through the air for the Rams, Cooper Cup, thirteen catches for 128 yards. One touchdown on 15 targets, so nothing's changed. Um, last season was absolutely not a fluke. He is still elite. He's going to be one of the best receivers in the NFL this year. They're going to throw him the ball a shitload of times. There was two moments in this game where I'm like, this is this is the best moment of the game as a Ram fan. First moment was that touchdown crab by by Cooper Cup like holy shit how did how the hell did he catch that and stay in bounds like that was remarkable play the second the second moment was when the game was over that's literally <laughs> all I, that 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 was all i could remember man i can't there there wasn't a moment where i'm like this is cool i can dig this and uh yeah, it was it was in, until after the game. I'm like, at least that's over. I'll add the Matt Gay field goal in there for me. You know that that okay, touch, fair that enough. Touch a sweet that, spot that in my was heart. A good <laughs> I mean, I was like, you know, Greg the Leg, who? Yeah, so good. He's so good. I love him so much. Um, yeah, there's nothing out of Cooper Cup. He's he's just that fucking dude. Tyler Higby had five catches for 39 yards on 11 targets. The interception. Well, uh, some people thought that he sh- was supposed to run a curl and he ran an out. I mean, what's your stance on that? Do you think Stafford just whiffed or do you think Hagby ran a bad route? I think there was some miscommunication out there. Um, clearly, they both weren't on the same page. Uh, I would hope that Matthew Stafford could see that it wasn't going to happen. But again... This this is essentially a bang bang play. So while we while we see it in slower motion and in, in on TV in person, like you know, obviously this is going way faster. But man, that was somebody wasn't uh, wasn't prepared for that, and uh, and it just ended up in an interception. Yeah, not great. Not great. Um. Yeah, I don't know how much add on Higby. He looked like Higby, <laughs> for better or worse. Daryl Henderson, five catches for 26 yards. Uh, we talked about him already. Ben Skronik, four for 25 on six targets. The fact that he got six targets is a little insane uh, because the guy under him, Allen Robinson, had one catch for 12 yards on two targets. Uh, he probably, if I had to guess, played 97% of the snaps. He got targeted twice. Uh, he had one catch. And the last target came with like a minute left. It 
correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like it took them a little while to really get Odell worked into the offense. But in week one with Odell, I feel like they targeted him intentionally on multiple plays to get him involved in the offense. With Allen Robinson, um, they didn't do that. They barely looked his way. He has practiced with Matthew Stafford for the last month, although I guess Stafford hasn't practiced a ton, so maybe that has affected things. But they never looked at him. He's just kind of there. He's a warm body, which is what he did in Chicago last year. And I, I, I don't remember I said this on the podcast last week, but he had one of the worst seasons by a wide receiver ever last year. And so it's not off the table that he's just done. And I'm not I I am not even gonna come close to saying that today, that he's done. Uh but it feels a little insane that Matthew Stafford threw the ball forty one times in this game and he threw it to Allen Robinson twice. They gave this guy fifteen million dollars and he's out there almost every play. It's just I I don't know I I I genuinely don't know what to make of this. I, I was I was about to cuss you out there for a second, Steve. He's not fucking done. No, I don't. He's I not I'm done. not gonna say that today. But like that is an outcome that's entirely possible. He if you look at the, like the advanced metrics, he had one of the worst seasons ever last year by a wide receiver for how much he was out on the field for how little he accomplished. And we said, you know, when we talked about him, part of uh, most of it, I would guess, is just how that relationship with the Bears deteriorated and they were bad and he didn't care. But it's not impossible that he's just not good anymore. And I don't think that's true. But I don't understand how you throw him the ball twice in this game. They threw the ball to Ben Skoranek six times. They threw it to Tyler Higby <laughs> 11 times. But they threw it to Al Robinson twice. I, I don't really have an answer for that. But... I think part of the issue again was just not giving Stafford enough time to throw him the football, but it is, it is a big concern still, you know, obviously this is a guy that you went out and free agency spent, you know, kind of unnecessary money on him in a way. And then you kind of traded away Robert Woods. So this, this is a significant area right here because um, if this doesn't work out, then this could be the downfall of this team. Now, pump the brakes a little bit. It's only one game. And it just so happens this one game came across the best team in the NFL. So I I don't think that there's cause for concern just yet. But it is something to keep an eye out on. Um, and... This is coming from a guy that probably is going to lose this week's game in fantasy football because he drafted Allen Robinson. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's another thing I'm dealing with also. Yeah, I, play, I played him in a couple leagues. We're, uh, we're not feeling great. Not feeling good. I mean, yeah, it's it's too early to tell Allen Robinson, but this is, again, like with a lot of the stuff, just it couldn't have gone worse. I guess it could have. He could have had zero catches, but, like, like God damn, man! They threw the ball twice. That's just they threw forty-one times. That's insane. He had one more target than Brandon Powell. Damn. <laughs> God. 
It was nice to see Brandon Powell out there, though. So this is the next point I want to make. Brandon Powell in this game on offense, he had one carry for three yards. Uh, so he had three more yards than Cam Akers. And he had one catch for 10 yards. So he played a little on offense. And I think this is the biggest takeaway from Brandon Powell playing. Tutu Atwell had zero receptions on one target. I think he dropped it. It might have just been a good defensive play. I didn't really see the replay. But the fact that Brandon Powell is playing means that Tutu Atwell is done to me. Uh, it means they, have, they. I don't know why he didn't play in the preseason. Um, if you're making an effort to get Brandon Powell the ball, like what does he do differently that theoretically Tutu isn't doing on offense? You know what I mean? Like what? There, there's no role for Tutu Atwell. I, I, well, he, Van Jefferson didn't play, and he barely played. And Brandon Powell is getting touches before him. I think it's just clear. Like that's it. Like I, I've seen enough. I'll be I'll be fair on this one to uh, um, before you know we get people getting the pitchforks out on on uh, Tutu, which uh, I'm not Tutu Atwell's biggest fan. I'm already down the road with my pitchfork. I've already left the house with it. Hold on, hold on. Blow out that torch. Put down the pitchfork. Hold on a second. Now, I'm not a big fan of Tutu. Um, I I still think that was a dumb pick, but at the same time, you got to be a little fair here. So while Tutu Atwell obviously didn't do much of anything in this game, you got to think of the kind of receiver this guy is. I mean, this guy is essentially a you know very tiny slot receiver that you basically need to throw downfield, as we've already covered. Matthew Stafford didn't throw downfield, not that he had much time to do so anyway. He's essentially so, an XFL player. Yeah, but that's unfortunately, it is what it is. Now, as far as Brandon Powell, you know, while he may not be the biggest guy in the in the field either, he is you know, somebody that if you hit him, he, he may actually bounce off a tackle rather than just get crushed and, you know, out for the season. So that's kind of the difference there, how they kind of dish the ball out to him. So I'll give Tutu a little bit of the benefit of the doubt here. It's only week one. Sure. It's oh, only week but, one, but they're designing the pitchfork. They're designing plays for Brandon Powell and not him. And I guess they didn't design plays for Allen fucking Robinson either. So Oh there's that. Yeah. Maybe it's a bigger issue, but I, I don't know, man. Um whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment 
and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. I'm just trying to look at my notes for if I had any other thoughts on the Rams offense. I'll give Coleman Shelton some credit for that play where he pushed Cooper Cup to a first down. <laughs> I guess that's it. That's my one positive for the offensive line. Yeah, I mean, really, there's not a whole lot to be excited about there. I, I, yeah, probably the biggest positive is Coleman Shelton didn't look completely like crap. I mean, yeah, he was the biggest question mark on the offensive line, and he's not the player, not maybe it was one of the better linemen in this game. I mean, I had to really watch the tape to make that decision, but, um, Oh man, I don't fucking know. Uh, let's go through the and go through the Bills box score, and then we'll just run through, it and then we get top of the defense as a whole. Josh Allen uh, destroyed us despite turning the ball over twice. Still went twenty four or twenty six of thirty one for two hundred ninety seven yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions, sacked twice. Uh, I only lost five yards on those sacks. We lost forty nine in our sacks. Uh, at 112 passer rating on the ground. He led the way, 10 carries, 56 yards, and a touchdown. So congratulations if you drafted Josh Allen on your fantasy teams. You're off to a hot start. Uh, Devin Singletary at eight carries for 48 yards, six yards a carry. Not good enough to do that. Zach Moss looked like Zach Moss. He had six carries for 15 yards. Uh, James Cook had the first and last carry of his NFL career for two yards and a fumble. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, just yeah, we gotta we gotta break the balls here where we can. Uh, through the air, Stephon Diggs uh, absolutely eviscerated us. Eight receptions for 122 yards and a touchdown on nine targets. So basically, every time they threw the ball, to Stephon Diggs he caught it. Gabe Davis had four catches for 88 yards and a touchdown. Um, on five targets. <laughs> no, but nothing else real notable out of the receiving core. Um, Zach Moss and James Cook lost fumbles in this game, so clearly it's Devin Singletary's backfield. I mean, just before we get to, like, the actual defensive stats of the Rams in this game, it's – I think because he's not going to show up in the box score. Uh, Stephon Diggs, eight catches for 122 yards and a touchdown. I know Jalen Ramsey was not guarding him the entire game, but he looked fucking awful, man. Uh, one of – probably the worst game he's ever played as a Ram, if my memory serves me correctly. Was it? What was worse? Uh, I can't think of a game where, like, he was the weak link on the defense. And not that he was the only weak link on the defense. The whole secondary looked bad. But. He looked pretty shitty in the Super Bowl. Yeah, but I think that's a little bloated because of the the touchdown. You know, if you take, uh, if you take away the Diggs touchdown in this game. He still looked really fucking bad. I guess he didn't look that great in the Super Bowl either, though. But it's just tough. Uh, it, it's for me. This is a this is a bit of a concern because I feel like Jalen Ramsey hasn't looked like Jalen Ramsey in a while. I I mean, we could argue that throughout the playoffs, he didn't look that well, except for maybe against the Cardinals which isn't saying much at this point. No, um, it's not. So it, I don't know if I'd raise like a red flag here just yet, but it's not a good feeling, especially when Troy Hill looked light years better than him. 
Did he though? <laughs> we got yes. the full. Yes, he did. We got the full Troy Hill experience tonight, man. We got every bit of it. There's some plays where he looked like he didn't belong in the NFL. There are some plays where he looked like prime Jalen Ramsey. Um, so yeah, he looked better than Jalen tonight. I don't know if I'd say light years because he I had would. some fuck ups on his end too. Yes, you're right. He wasn't perfect or anything like that. That interception, though, that was crisp as hell. It was. That was that was nice. Um, but at the same time, like compare, like it, the way I'm looking at it is comparing Troy Hill to Jalen Ramsey tonight, and it's like night and day. Jalen Ramsey just looked like utter shit. Yeah, you're right. But I would say I don't think a single member of the secondary had a good game. Trey Hill might have had the best game. Yes. Wasn't good, though. I mean, he got beat. He missed tackles. He got beat on some plays. Uh, not as bad as Jalen. And I think the big concern with me, yeah, is, like, the defense, like, the secondary can't be good in spite of Jalen Ramsey. It has to be good because of Jalen Ramsey because that's our investment in the secondary is Jalen Ramsey and then a box of scraps. And so – you know, we thought for a while that we had this hidden gem in Jordan Fuller, and he even fucking start tonight. So, like, it's hard to be confident in any player in the secondary except Ramsey. And when you can't be confident in Ramsey and you don't have the, you know, the, the pass rush is going to be good because Aaron Donald's there. But when you take away Von Miller out of that equation, uh, it's not going to be every week to week an absolute elite pass rush and it's getting the point where, you know, like, and, and we did, I guess we did kind of have this breaking point last year where it was like the pass rush has to be elite for us to win, and it was, and we won, which is great. Uh, again, all this negativity. We did win the Super Bowl last year, so whatever happens this year is fine. But, yeah, when the, when the pass rush isn't going to compete at that extreme high of a level, uh, the secondary is going to get exposed. And you know, having Bobby Wagner helps to an extent because he could cover up some things but the second I mean all of them look bad uh Hill was the best but like nobody looked good I think it's hard to say I mean Nick Scott is that play is going to be played on his low light reel for the rest of his career yeah uh I'm sure that's one that he'd like to forget and I'm sure he was not happy about seeing Josh Allen just absolutely stiff arm him to (laughs) he sent him back down to college with that stiff arm well, what do you think about the decision to not start Jordan Fuller? I mean, I know he was on the field, but he he played at, like, he didn't start. Like, he, I mean, snap-wise, it's not like he didn't start and played 90% of the snaps. He played the third most snaps out of these guys. It was noticeable. And I'm not seeing enough in Taylor Rapp and Nick Scott to justify that decision. I mean, not like Fuller was kicking ass while he was out there, but... I don't like what brought them to the verdict that he wasn't the best option. Like what did the other guys do to convince him of that? I, I just think it, it goes back to Nick Scott having a hell of a, a playoffs really. And even in the Super Bowl, Nick Scott played exceptionally well where Taylor Rapp comes into this. I'm not entirely sure. This is a guy that got benched for Jordan Fuller two years ago. And it's not like he's gotten better. Like, has Jordan Fuller just gotten worse? I mean, you'd have to get pretty... I mean, 
I'm not going to sit here and say Taylor Rapp sucks or anything, but um, there's a reason why Jordan Fuller took his job, essentially. Yeah, we, and, don't, we don't watch practice. Raheem Morris knows more than we do, but for sure, it's not like the evidence was on the field tonight why Taylor Rapp earned the job. It certainly brings into question as to why this decision, but there could be a very good reason, and I hope at some point this is addressed because I'm very curious, like, why? I mean, this was kind of something they already mentioned, uh, but it's still a shock because we weren't sure how serious they actually were. Turns out they were pretty fucking serious. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, yeah, he didn't start. And he was a backup. He played. He was a backup. <sighs> yeah, that's. Again, like with everything with this game, the Bills are really fucking good. Um, and so I'm curious to see how this secondary does against not as good teams like that. That Cardinals, Niners, Cowboys stretch is going to be telling because in all those games, you're either going to be playing against a good quarterback or good receivers. You know, and so for for this secondary and the offense too, those are, for the most part, pretty good defenses. Uh, 49ers, obviously, a step above the rest, but none of those are bad. Yeah, we'll see what happens. That's, that's going to be telling for what this team is going to be this year. Uh, next week will not be, unless they lose. <laughs> In which case, Jesus Christ. If we lose to the Falcons next week, how if if it's a close game next week, just right off the fucking season. Like, at that point, it's like, this isn't going anywhere if, if we struggle against the Falcons. Yeah, I don't care what happens in week one for the Falcons because they're playing the Saints, who could also be bad. And so if they come out and win 40 to nothing, we should still blow them out in week two. <laughs> like, there's nothing they could do that would convince me that we shouldn't tear their ass up in week two but but what if what if marcus mariota turns out to be wait it's mariota that's that's yes, the is. starting <laughs> you are okay i'm just making sure just making sure like for a second i had a brain fart there um but yeah what if marcus mariota turns out to be you know the comeback player of the year now and... if anything he'd have to get ejected on the first play and desmond ritter would have to be kurt warner reincarnated for me to believe they have a chance against us because Mariota is yeah, not, not even, the guy. Not even hearing out Mariota. We've seen wow. enough. He's fine. Like if he was our backup, I'd love it. But like we've seen enough of him as the the guy. He's not the guy. Steve has spoken. Uh, other notes on the defense. Uh, hey, Terrell Lewis made an interception and looked okay. Uh, and that was a guy I dragged recently, and so I'll eat crow on it. That interception was a really heads up play. Yeah, I mean. It was certainly one of the few bright spots. So, uh, so yeah, good on Terrell Lewis. Hopefully, he can continue to progress and Jesus Christ, get to the quarterback too. Uh, other defensive notes. I mean, we talked about Bobby Wagner. It's great to have him. Had a sack. Aaron Donald had a sack. Still Aaron Donald, but um. Yeah, didn't cause enough havoc to make a difference in this game. I'm not I'm not blaming him for it at all. He is he's not the reason we lost this game. Nope. I think my last like real note on this game is did you have like did you almost faint as I did when Matthew Stafford threw that interception to a defensive lineman and decided to go and make the tackle and just got like trucked? 
Uh, I wouldn't have been shocked if his shoulder was just obliterated after that play. Like, dude, just walk off the field. I'd rather them score a touchdown than you try to make that tackle. To his credit, he made the tackle. He made the tackle. And the dude was way bigger than him. So, like. It it was a scary-looking tackle. He, He grabbed the guy and got trucked and just held on. But he, I mean, which is a tackle. Was, he, he certainly isn't going to be accused of being a, a linebacker at any point. <laughs> but uh, but the fact that he made the tackle, I'm like, he, he earned a little bit of cred points there. You know, as a, I, as a former bad and undersized football player, I have made that same type of tackle a lot in my career, uh, and it hurts. And so I don't want Matthew Stafford doing it. No, for me, the the kind of, um, you know, where you just kind of clenched in certain areas of your body um, that I saw was when Cooper Cup was was uh, catching the ball in garbage time, basically within three minutes, down by 21 points. And he's like fighting off defenders. I'm like, please don't get hurt. Please don't get hurt. Please don't get hurt. I'm like, I can already see Cooper Cup getting injured for this piece of shit down, you know, like <laughs> I don't know like why either. Already. I don't know why either team was playing their starters after the the last Rams interception. They both should have just benched everybody. The game's yeah. over. Let's all let's all fucking move on with our lives. Yeah, when I saw that man, I was like, the whole time I'm like, God, can can the game end so we don't have any injuries here? <laughs> uh, um. I mean, that's about it for me specifically on this game. I don't know if you had anything else. No, just uh, we look like shit. Hopefully we look better against the Falcons. To, I, You know, I will say this because we praise this guy nonstop. And it's hard to really grade his performance because the Bills didn't punt in this game. Uh, not a good night for Brandon Powell a return man. No, no, it was not. But he didn't return a punt, and that's where he really was good last year. So it's that uh, we I am still a member of the Church of Brandon Powell. Uh, my my never a doubt. He was the second best running back for the Rams. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that 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 left it on a perfect note there. What? Like before we go, like, what do you want to see from the team against Atlanta? Because I'm not doing another fucking podcast this week. Um, hopefully, Derek will. Hey, Derek, if you're <laughs> listening, please, please come come back to us. I would like to see Cam Akers not look like a warm body, uh, and I would like to see Matthew Stafford slinging it, and I would like to see Allen Robinson catching it. And if I see those three things, I'll feel a lot better. Um, like I said about the offensive line, I'm, I that it won't matter what they do next week. I need to see them against a better team. But I, for my sanity, I need to see Matthew Stafford zipping the ball, and I need to see Al Robinson catching those passes. And it would help if Cam Akers played well, but I don't know. I'm I'm a lot less confident in that one than the other two. I need to see the Rams play football. I, I don't know what I witnessed this past game, but it wasn't football. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, I, I'm kind of with you. I, I would love to see Allen Robinson actually catch more than one pass. 
Um, would love to see Cam Akers play more than five snaps. Um, I would love to see uh, Jalen Ramsey not look like, you know, a player just dusted him. Dude was covered in dust. Dude's dusty. <laughs> I, I mean, dude, dude was dusty the whole game, man. Uh, and, and to be fair, yes, Stephon Diggs is a hell of a receiver, but you'd like to think that at the very least, Jalen Ramsey would, you know, shut him down a lot more than he did. Uh, you know, I can accept one or two missed coverages, but man, it felt like the entire game he was just playing backwards. The Falcons wide receivers are Drake London, who's hurt, and we'll see if he, he plays in week one uh, or week two. Olamide Zakisis, Brian Edwards, Demir Bird, and Kader Hodge. And obviously they have Kyle Pitts, uh, but him aside, like if any of those receivers like like this is the, the if the secondary does bad in this game, we're fucked. Like if, if Brian Edwards is not good. Uh we've seen enough. Unless it's um, very it's very possible that Kaderil Hodge is their best receiver. Yeah, if if London's not playing, and even him, he's a rookie, we don't know what we got. But like if any of those guys have sizable days, I I am going to be fucking terrified. But you know what, Johnny? Yeah. We won the Super Bowl last year, so the whole year is a freebie. <laughs> I don't accept it, Steve. It's from from this point on, they're gonna win the rest of their games. Hey, we're zero and zero. New season starts tomorrow. Yep. The good news is it is an AFC game, which matters substantially less for the standings outside of being a L in the loss column. If you're going to lose four games all year, you want them to be the games you play against the AFC. To be fair, I predicted that the Rams would win, uh, would lose this game. You did. So, hey, at least my predictions are going in order. Uh, I think I, I don't know if I said this last week, but there was a DraftKings bet that was. Yeah, on this game specifically, if your team goes up by seven, your bet cashes immediately. So I threw fifty bucks on the Rams because, hey, why not? They they didn't sniff a seven point lead at any point in this game. So, <laughs> <sighs> all right. Well, uh, we'll probably have some podcast coverage this week, and if not, you'll hear from us next week. But be sure to follow us on Twitter at Cerebro at Johnny Five Nine Six at Talk Rams. We'll talk to you guys soon. How, how would you evaluate your season? Uh, I think we ain't done yet. You, you personally? I think we ain't done yet.